Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is the show where we talk about truth and grace boldly. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to Kindle. This is episode 103. And today I'm going to be chatting with my friend Elena Mays. Elena is the mom of three little girls, and we're going to be talking about a situation in her life where her marriage actually fell apart about five years ago and just how God has brought her through a lot of loss and a lot of pain and a lot of difficulty. And it's kind of a prodigal son or prodigal daughter story for Elena. And she talks about that in the episode. Prepare yourself as well, because I get a little emotional in this one. It's just a really good conversation and hits me pretty close to home. So uh, you'll hear more of that a few minutes in. Okay, here's my conversation with Elena. All right. So today on Kindle, I'm chatting with Elena Mays. Elena, welcome to Kindle. Hey, thank you so much. So excited. Yeah, thanks for making time to be here with all your kids out of the house. It's a joy. It is. It's like quiet. And this is how it is whenever they're gone. It's so quiet. It's so nice, isn't it? <laughs> Mine it are is. at preschool too. <laughs> Like you just want to sit in a room and stare at a blank wall. (laughs) That's it. That is it. Just nothing. You want your mind to completely shut off because you finally have like peace and quiet. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful (laughs) moment. It is. So before we get started, I would love for you to introduce yourself to listeners and tell us who you are and about your family. Yeah. So I am Elena. Gracious. I have three little girls. We are a whole little girl gang over here, a set of four and a half year old twins. And I have a 14 month old baby girl Mm. and they are just the light of my life. They are so special. They are really just the sweetest little girls. They love Jesus fierce. Mm. And it is just a joy to really, really watch them. I dealt with some infertility Mm -hmm. before for about I want to say like three years. It feels like a lifetime ago. We went through the whole shebang, like infertility treatments and, you know, all sorts of things. We tried adoption, nothing happened. And then the Lord just blessed us with these little girls. And it has been a dream ever since. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Sisters are so fun. They are. And they, I mean, it's, typical, I guess, but they get along so well and they are so sweet and they make your heart sing. And then yeah. the next minute they are literally like clawing at each other. <laughs> like what, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Yep. Yep. So what does work look like for you right now? Work looks just up in the air. You know, I have a home-based business, which I absolutely love doing. It is it's incredible. It fills me in a lot of different ways from, 
you know, just being able to connect with other women and, you know, empower and build them up and really help them to just see a different side of right now. You know what I'm saying? Like whether it is their health, it's a health and wellness company, Plexus. So I love it. It's amazing. So whether it is helping them to see beyond right now, like, yes, this is what your health looks like right now. This is, you know, these are the goals that you want to hit. But later when we do this, when, you know, we'll set goals and work towards those things, that is exciting for me. You know, I do some writing. I do, I write a couple of blogs for a couple of ladies, which is really, really exciting. I love doing that. And I'm actually going to start teaching pre-K next week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's been fun. I, I taught at an elementary school for about eight years. And then when I was pregnant with Dylan, I knew that I did not want to go back immediately. I did not want to drop her off at school or daycare at, you know, 645 in the morning and pick her up at... 5.30 at night, you know, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be able to build a relationship with her and, you know, have time with her. So she was, her birthday's in June. So at the end of the school year, 2018, I think, 2018 school year, I decided to stay home. And I've been home for 14 months, but we're getting back into it. And mm-hmm. I'm excited. It's been good. That's awesome. It's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Where are you seeing God's grace in your life? Oh my goodness. In so many places, in parenting for sure, absolutely in parenting because we are working on discipline. You know, my girls, they, especially the twins, like they are so active, but they are like the happiest kids ever. Like they are so happy. They are so full of joy (laughs) and they're active. So they are just having a great time, you know, and just really learning to be patient in teaching them, you know, and recognizing too that my worth as a mom isn't tied up in how they behave, you know? And I think God has really been showing me that and he's really been gracing me through that. And in recognizing that I am much more patient with them. Mm -hmm. So I want to get into your story. And so can you kind of tell us what has been your story for the last, Mm -hmm. I don't know, however far you want to go back and what brought you to kind of where you are today? Okay. Ah, gracious. Okay. So I will kind of start where I am right now and well, it's been good. It has the, the trouble and the hardship has brought me to where I am in the process of becoming who I always wanted to be. You know how you're a little girl and you're thinking, man, when I grow up and I want to be like this and I, you know, you know, you have these ideas of who you want to be. And then, you know, you, your parents tell you stories of how you were as a child. And I believe that is really who the Lord created you to be like, as you were as a child before, you know, school and all these other things just really started to, to change you. Mm-hmm. And I was very bold. I was very intentional, very secure in myself. And I knew what I wanted. I was a defender, <laughs> you know, of, of my siblings. And I was always very, very outspoken. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew what I wanted. I knew how I wanted it to be. And that was that. I got in a lot of trouble with my mouth, you know, <laughs> as a child. Yeah. yeah. 
And that is who I am standing in right now. And I absolutely love that. And it took a while to get here because for such a long time, I felt like I had to be a certain way in order to receive love, in order to be accepted, in order to be valued. Mm-hmm. I had to be a certain way. And I have found freedom in that. And it's it was kind of a forced freedom. <laughs> you know, I, I had to, I did not come to this place willingly. I will say that. I was married for about, gosh, again, this feels like two or three lifetimes ago. I got married in 2010 and I think I got pregnant with my girls in 2014. And by then, like things just were completely falling apart. Mm. It was one of those things where you're trying to, I was pregnant, trying to do the, the right thing, the Christian wife thing and hold all of this together and smile on the outside and you know, knowing I'm coming home to an empty house or just hardship. And it just, it wasn't fun. It wasn't exciting. And my personality is, was very much of, let me fix it. How, what can I do to fix this? What do I need to do? How do I need to change? How do I need to, you know, work this out and accept all these things in order for this to go well? Mm-hmm. And As much as I think it is wonderful to be introspective and say, what do I need to do to make this better? Mm -hmm. I also believe we have to recognize that making something better isn't all a responsibility, 100%. You know, Mm -hmm. we have a responsibility in that too, but especially in a marriage, it's not, we can't do it all. Like we can't hold this thing together by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So in deciding, working through, you know, pregnancy, through all of this and having my goals and going to counseling and trying to work this thing out, I really began to gain, regain this independence and this boldness, this ability to look at myself and say, you can do this. Like you can do this really hard thing. You have no idea what is to come. You don't know what this is going to look like. You have no idea. You you have no clue, mm. but we know that this right here is dysfunctional. It is unhealthy. It is not glorifying to God. It is driving you insane. You like literally my counselor at the, at the end of our sessions She said, I feel like I met three different people. (laughs) When I first met you, I was pregnant, just about to have my girls. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you seemed so defeated. You were so broken. And then I saw you very angry. And that was when I was, you know, really trying to work this out, upset that priorities I had as, you know, a a spouse and a, a mom at that point were not the same priorities that were held on the other side. And then I just kind of freed myself from that, you know, and she's like, now you are so much healthier. You are so much braver in all of these things. You know, I was more capable of taking on a challenge, going into the unknown and handling it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am now. That's what I've been doing for the past four and a half, five years is just handling the difficult things that come. And, you know, sometimes you handle it and it's not the prettiest thing. You know, you are like fighting to handle it. You are sweating, you're bloody, you are 
but you're doing it, you know, and some days handling it looks a lot prettier. You know, you are able, you've grown and you've done it before. You know, this, what I'm dealing with right now isn't nearly as hard as, you know, something I've dealt with in the past. And I know that above all, the Lord is going to carry me. He is going to carry me. He is going to grace me through it. I have learned that God is truly a father. I have a great dad. You know, I, my dad has been in my life forever, my whole life, (laughs) but it's different. God is a father as a perfect father who provides for you things that you don't even know that you need, who is able to just lead you and guide you and whisper, you know, wisdom and encouragement. I have found everything in him. And that is not what I had before. I think someone, it was probably a counselor, <laughs> told me your husband cannot be your everything. You know, I, my, I looked to my husband as my everything. Like he was everything. You know, I looked to him for everything. I looked to him for acceptance, for recognition. I Everything I needed, I looked for in my husband. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Lord just really had to show me that no, no person can be everything that you need for them to be, no matter how amazing they are. They will never be everything that you need them to be. And I think that has truly just shown me so many different sides of the Lord in all the ways that I've needed him in the different you know seasons that I've walked through. He has shown me that he has always been and always will be everything that I need. Okay. And it is, yeah. it's been good, girl. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. I mean, so many things, so many good things right. that I was thinking as you were talking. Going back to like that season before you got divorced, before okay. you finalized that, Okay. that season before you got to the place of like, okay, I'm finding my voice. <laughs> Like, what were the circumstances that, I mean, you you mentioned like coming home to an empty house, like, right. What happened in your marriage? It was infidelity, but more than the infidelity, because I, I, I don't know if I could have, I don't, you know, I don't know what I would have done, but more than that, it was being so incredibly disrespected and undervalued and just basically left alone for other things and how that affected me, yeah. how that affected my worth, my belief in myself, how capable I felt I was. And how could I say this too? Just brokenness. You know, I think that is more yeah. of what I would, I would want. Cause I think that that speaks much more to, to my journey and my life and how I am what you were going through as a mom with two right. little babies and Oh, and that's one. I mean, let's not even forget that having twins is incredibly hard. I mean, I we can definitely yes. You're doing it sounds like you yeah. were doing that by yourself. When I was pregnant, all of the crazy infidelity, not coming home, the, the oh, girl, it was nuts. All of that started happening. So literally from the time, probably a couple of months in my pregnancy up until I left. It was lit. I know the Lord kept me during that because twin pregnancy, high risk, the amount of stress, Mm -hmm. it was intense. So yeah, I think, I think that would, that would be a really, yeah. So, um, 
So pregnancy was hard because that's when the craziness started. That's when mm-hmm. you were coming home to an empty house. And mm-hmm. you, I think you said being left for other things is right. There. Right. Is that how you would personify or kind of describe that time, that season in your life of how you felt and what it looked like? Yeah, I wasn't important at all. Like I was not a priority. Our family, our marriage was not a priority Mm -hmm. at all. And you talked about a little bit how that affected your self-worth and yes, or like belief in yourself and that you were worthy or like worthy of love, like worthy of having a voice, worthy, you know, valuable as an individual. And I think a lot of women can probably identify with (laughs) that. Can feel that. Right, right. There was a complete lack of self-worth. And I mean, because it's hard when you are going through something like that and you are literally like pleading for your marriage to work and pleading for this person to come home or, you know, whatever the circumstance is. And their response is basically no, if they're not ignoring you, you know, that's hard. That is Mm. devastating. It really shakes and again, especially because my my husband was like everything to like I literally yeah. rooted my who I was in him. Right. So then you when know? that when circumstances changed and you Girl, were no longer it was like, apple of his eye. Right. Yeah. Right. Self-worth goes out the window because it was rooted in something that, you know, walked away essentially. Right, right. Walked there away. With it. <laughs> so it was very much a season of trying to figure out who I was, what I was going to do, what did I think, what did I feel, how did I want to live this life, you know? And again, I brought up who I was as a child because all of that began to come back. Like I feel like who the Lord created me to be, who he designed me to be, just began to kind of unearth itself under all of this junk, you know, after... I've begun to dig that out through counseling and just experiences and just learning as I'm going through single parenthood and learning how to, again, girl, I didn't know how to pay bills. Like my husband paid the bills. Like I did nothing as far as taking care of our home. Mm. I had to learn how to pay our bills. I, when we would talk about budgets, I would be like, want, 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 like, what does this mean? I don't care. Like Mm -hmm. how much money do I have? And like, what, let's end this thing, you know? (laughs) So even that, like, I literally had to learn how to do everything, um, which built up your confidence that builds your confidence that builds your own self-worth is when you start to see that I can do this without him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had to root myself in something. And thankfully, you know, I, I had a foundation of a relationship with Christ. And uh, that had been really developing and growing through the season of infertility. And even through, you know, my pregnancy and before I left, all of that. Re- I, this is a part of all things work together for good you know, because you just don't realize I had no idea why I was struggling so deeply spiritually when I was going through infertility, but that laid such a perfect foundation to just know who God is. Mm -hmm. He was preparing you. He was preparing me, girl. He really, really was. And even through my marriage, when pregnant towards the very end and 
I was basically living as a, as a somewhat of a single mom, you know, I had to learn how to do things when he isn't there, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like I was even eased into single motherhood that way. That's another, yeah. you know, way the Lord just graced me through life. How did you decide to leave? Because I mean, back before you left, mm-hmm. like you were, mm-hmm. you, you're saying you were kind of like eased into it and probably right. God is like, you know, working in your heart and life to right. bring you into the next season. But at the same time, you weren't like, it's not like you saw to the other side and saw right. how great life was going to be. You just saw your life <laughs> crumbling around you. Right. I how did, did you I did. the place of knowing that you should leave? And you mentioned before we started recording that you had biblical grounds for leaving. And can you right. just kind of walk us through what that looked like? Still to this day, I don't know if leaving was the right thing to do. Hmm. There are some ways I'm like, oh, absolutely. If I would not have left, you know, I know I would not, I'm assuming, because I don't know what the Lord would it, would have done, but I'm assuming I would not be where I am right now. I would not be who I am right now. I left because I believed that things would not get better at all. I believed that. And I still believe that if nothing major would have changed, then nothing would have changed. And that's why I say, I don't know if divorce was the right answer, but I know that I had to get out of that circumstance. I had to, mm-hmm. but I don't know if separation was right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't believe you always know because you don't know the Lord is so mighty. Like he can do anything, mm-hmm. you know? So is part of your, you know, I don't know if you would call it doubt or your uncertainty about that because of that reality that he is so mighty, he can do anything like, so if I would have stayed that, what if, you know, what if he would have changed my husband's heart or what if like, is, are those things that you wonder or? I don't wonder what if he would have changed my husband's heart. Okay. And I don't know if this is going to even make sense. So okay, this could sound so insanely crazy, but I have no idea what he would have done. I left out of self-preservation. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. if I would have stayed in that situation, I knew that there were certain things I did not want my kids growing up seeing. Mm -hmm. And they would have seen all of those things, you know, whether I, I want them to grow up seeing their mother being treated well, to be loved like Christ loved the church. I want them growing up watching their mother honor her husband, you know, the way the Lord asks us to. I want them to live in a happy home where, yes, there are disagreements, but dysfunction and arguing and unhappiness and two people legit, like not liking each other. That is not the norm. That is not what they should see. That is not what I wanted our life to look like. Mm -hmm. And that is what they would have grown up in. So I left for them. I left for me. And in a lot of ways, in the ways that make me believe I did what was right or what was best rather, Mm. is that they live in the happiest home. Their mama is happy. They see their mama serving the Lord. They see their mama in her word. They see happiness and they feel that they feel they live in a peaceful home. Even if, you know, mama is fussing because, you know, they are not making good choices or whatever, even though things are hard, they live in peace. Mm -hmm. And that is what I value. That is absolutely what I valued. 
And because they live in peace and because their mama has a peaceful spirit and just a peaceful way about her, they see their mama doing some hard things. They see her working really hard. They see her succeeding. They see her able to, you know, do hard things with joy. And that just was not what life looked like before. Yeah. That's a really hard thing to to entertain, you know, thoughts around and to talk about after it's kind of done and over. Um, mm-hmm. My parents got divorced actually after 25 years of marriage when I had been married for one year. And so watching that happen and unfold was incredibly excruciating as an adult, I bet. To see, you know, to see them going through that and to recognize like that even though, and I don't know that it even matters whether you've been married five years or 25 mm-hmm. years. I mean, mm-hmm. there is, there is a knitting of lives and a knitting of hearts mm-hmm. that does happen that regardless of the reason, regardless of the circumstances, and whether someone would say right or wrong, you know, good decision, mm-hmm. bad decision, like, mm-hmm. you know, there, there is like, there's right. just a breaking down of a very deep place in a fabric of who you right. are, or right. who you've become, because, because those hearts were knit together, right? Like, and, and that was what was there. And so I don't pretend to think this is like a cut and dry. It's not. It's you know, so not. it's really not. I would, you know, argue like it is nice to <laughs> nice is not the right word, but <laughs> it might be like it might be of minimal comfort to know like, okay, I had a biblical reason to leave, but it doesn't necessarily make that reality any easier, right? It doesn't make it easier at all. But I mean, I just find comfort in knowing that like we said earlier about our, we can't damage our kids because we're not that powerful. (laughs) I can't ruin the Lord's plan for my life. So if his plan, whatever that looks like, like I want wholeness and I want peace, whether that is me remarrying and you know, all of that, because I would love to remarry. I would love to have my goals, um, live in a home with a father figure at that point Mm -hmm. and for them and for them to see what a functioning, happy, healthy, peaceful relationship looks like. I want that for them. I want them to see like the hierarchy of a family. I want them to see their mama operating in the lane the Lord created for her. And that is not head of household. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I know that the Lord is a redeemer and he restores and he he binds up our wounds and girl, I just, I love that. I'm not sure what wounds my girls may have because their parents are not together. I don't know, you know, but I know the wounds I have from that breaking and that severing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that I don't want this to become a generational thing. Mm-hmm. So I am trusting the Lord to heal all of us, to bind us, to make us whole again, so that we can live lives and have functioning relationships and have relationships that are rooted in him and glorify him and that point to Christ being a savior and a redeemer and just trusting that he's going to do that. Yeah. He's going to do that. I believe that. I believe I believe that. Well, you're making me cry. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh gosh. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's it's just it hits real close to home, you know, because yeah. I think like seeing my parents go through that was 
it is scary. And you're, you know, as you're speaking about, I don't know the wounds that my kids are going to have. Like, of course we do have wounds, you know, speaking as the adult child, like, of course there are, but what you're saying about Christ being the one that binds up the wounds, he's the healer. Yeah. I mean, just the beauty that has come from the brokenness in my own heart and life through my parents' divorce. And like, I think when we're going through a situation like that, we're like, God, is there any other way? Like, please use something else. You know, is there, can you please reconcile this? Can you please make this not happen? Or can you undo what has been done and just somehow fix it, God? And that isn't always what he, what he does. He doesn't always just kind of bandaid it over or, take the welder out and shove the pieces back together. But he allows the brokenness and the suffering that we go through, whether we're on the the party who is the one experiencing divorce or kind of like the second ripple out from that right. being kids right. or the, you know, in my husband's case, the spouse that had to walk through that, whatever it is, he uses it for his glory and for our good. Yeah. We are his and I've seen him do that. Right. And so it's amazing how he does that. Yeah, it is. It really, really is. And one scripture that I just stood on, and I hope I don't jack this one up, but I am just believing now is that he truly gives beauty for ashes. And we don't know when that beauty is going to come. We don't know what that beauty is going to look like, you know? Oh, he gives us gladness instead of mourning. And I know there have been years on top of years with the infertility and going through the failed fertility treatments and the failed adoption and the failed marriage and, you know, going through life as a single mother, it is hard. And there have been times where I'm like, Lord, you are a restorer. You promise me beauty for ashes. You promise us you know, joy for our morning. You promise all of these things. And I feel like I, it's like, where is it? You know, where is it? But I, I believe so deeply that when we focus on him, that he shows us, you know, and when it's not time for that to be seen, he carries us through, you know, and he teaches us to, to depend on him for all those things. You know, and I'm going to jack this scripture up, but it's in Psalms where it says that I'm a vine flourishing. Just that, that is what I am. That is what I'm doing. That is what I am going to do in the name of Jesus. I'm going to flourish. And I I cannot allow these really hard and difficult things. I cannot allow someone or an experience that, broke me to cause me to remain broken. Right. It is my responsibility to heal myself. It is my responsibility to place me, to place myself, you know, at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, here I am. I am broken. I am, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea how I'm going to raise these children by myself. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what this looks like. And then this third came along, you know, and it's just like, this is not at all how I planned this to be like, this was not, this was not my life at all. Right. And I think sometimes we're in those circumstances, you know, we cry out to God, like I was saying earlier, like, God, will you just, can you do something? Can you fix this? Can you please, you know, can you please let this not fall apart? And I think even when he doesn't 
fix what we believe is the solution. If, you know, when he doesn't fulfill our exact specific request in the way Mm -hmm. that we have asked for it, the answer that I always feel is coming from his heart is I already have, like, I already have, I have like in Christ. Oh girl. Yes. And knowing that the Lord goes before us, yeah, he is laying that out. He is working it out. He is making those crooked paths straight right for later. Yeah. Even if right now we are walking this crooked path, even right now, if we are going through a time where it's like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I left, right, up, down. I don't know which path to take. It is just make a decision. You know what I'm saying? You, you pray for guidance, you pray for wisdom and you make a choice because I don't always know if God is going to write an answer in the sky. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. But just trusting him not for an outcome, not trusting him for a response, not trusting him that this person is going to change or I'm going to do this the right way or just, yeah. I trust you, God. I'm going to take right. a step and I'm going to trust you. I'm going and, to take and a it's step. Not, it's not a blind faith because even though, like you just said, we cannot trust God for the outcome. That's now I'm not saying he's not trustworthy. I'm saying that is not the reason to trust him. It, it's mm-hmm. not because oh. of <laughs> and we're like, Oh, well, I have nowhere else to place this shaky faith. I'm going to put it in <gasps> because you're my oh. best bet. It's actually like, no, turn around and look at what he's already done. Yeah. Ephesians 5:25. husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That's what he's already done. (laughs) Like that's what he's already done. You literally, something just stood out there that has never like made sense. Well, it's made sense, but I've never heard before. We are the church, right? Right. (laughs) So as a wife, we are wanting our husbands to love us like Christ loved the church. Exactly. Christ yeah. is loving us the exactly way how we that want to be loved. Yeah. We just have to accept it. We just have to realize it. We have to embrace yeah. that and know that because he is loving us exactly the way that we need to be loved, it's okay. If we make a misstep, he is going to love us through it. He's going to be patient and kind. Con- yeah. I mean, he already, he already did that work and completed it and saw it through and did what was necessary to make it reality on the cross. And so yeah. when our husbands don't love us well, whether that is just not recognizing all that we're doing for the family or how hard we're working, or whether that is walking away in complete abandonment of our family and our unit and our marriage and saying, you know, screw this to the marriage vows and completely abandoning you. Like whether it is whatever on, on whatever spectrum it is, our husbands are going to fail us and we're Mm -hmm. going to fail them because Mm -hmm. we're also sinful. Mm -hmm. And yet Christ has loved us in the most perfect and complete way and redemptive way. As you were saying earlier, he's the redeemer. So he can be trusted. Yes. And like, and that is what the outcome, the outcome is secured and won. The victory is already won. Like, and I'm not, it's not trying to minimize like 
the reality that you still have to walk through being a single mom. And that's really hard. Like I, I cannot imagine how many difficult moments come up in that, in that scenario where you're just like, if only I wasn't the only one, you know, <laughs> like if only there was someone else here, but like, again, not looking forward to that. Well, what's the outcome? How's God going to put right. a ribbon on this? Like, right. what if he doesn't bring me another husband or what if he doesn't kind of repair what I'm envisioning? I want in the exact mm-hmm. way that I'm asking for, mm-hmm. I can look back and see that he is good and faithful and trustworthy because of what he's done. Mm-hmm. And that he is loving me as the church, you know, I am, I'm the bride and he's making me holy and has made me holy by the washing of his blood and blameless before him. Like you said, even if we do make a misstep and even if we do, which we will, you know, we will sin Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. do sin. So it's just, wow. It's good. It is good. It is good girl. And I, you know, parenting, we talked about how the Lord is gracing us through things parenting just reminds me on a daily basis that I'm a child too. Like Mm -hmm. I am the Lord's child. Like he is my father. I am his child. And just like my girls want a certain something, they're hungry, right? And it's time to make dinner. They are trusting me for dinner. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I am trust and they don't know how to cook they don't know how to do anything to get the outcome that they are needing. They legit need to eat. Like they don't know how to do that, but they trust me. Mm -hmm. And when they need anything, they come to me. And that's exactly what we should do as children of our father, God, no matter what it is, no matter what need we have, no matter what desire we have. Yeah. He just wants us to come to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, we just have to position ourselves for that need to be met, for that redemption, for that restoration, for peace, you know, for the wisdom and the guidance. And I ask the Lord all the time, Lord, teach me how to do this. Mm-hmm. Teach me how. And he does every single time. But he can't if we're unwilling. He can't if we are not abiding in him. He cannot do the work in us that we need for ourselves, for mm-hmm. our, you know, current situations and then bigger than that for the kingdom yeah. if we if we don't go before him mm-hmm. or resisting you know and not walking in obedience to him and he's faithful he's not gonna abandon you he's not gonna like you didn't leave your kid on the side of the road because they stole the toy when you said no like <laughs> he wasn't like well you know you just you the last you did this you're, yeah it's done you're you're a goner um yeah. but like rather removed from you the thing that like no you he knows Double what's harmony. best he knows yeah. what's best and he's he's gonna give it to you just like you would not refuse your children a meal you would not oh, girl feed them. Like you want them to be full. You want them to be healthy. You want them to thrive and you plan and intend to give them exactly what they need and the timing that they need it Mm -hmm. in the way that you see fit for them. And you know, the difference here is that we're imperfect and God is the perfect parent and all loving and he never messes up and he never shouts or screams at us, you know, ever, ever. Oh my God. Isn't that convicting as a parent? Yeah. uh, Okay. But yeah, he gives us good gifts. And he says, like, you as he calls us evil, (laughs) you sinners, you know, who know 
how, not try to, not want to, but you know how to give your kids good gifts. Yeah. How much more will I give you? And it's just like, okay, I can try. You are fully trustworthy. Mm-hmm. No matter what I'm going through, you are fully trustworthy. And girl, it has been a, a, a faith walk. It has, it has been amazing. It has literally been the most amazing thing going through these last few years. And, you know, people say all the time, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like I, I mean, I would like to not go through this, but I am so thankful and so grateful for this season. I, I really truly am because it has grown me up. It has matured me in so many ways. It has matured my faith. It has deepened my my love for our God. It has given me a love for his word. It, it's just, it's been remarkable. It yeah. really has been. I feel like I should have asked you about this a long time ago because we're kind of <laughs> getting to the, getting, you know, like we're wrapping yeah. it, it feels, but, yeah. um, but I do want to ask you about your third daughter, Dylan. Is that that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, first Bill, off, they are so freaking <laughs> cute. They're so, they're all so adorable. Oh my um, goodness. I mean, just because people are probably wondering, like, you had the twins oh, and you got divorced. What happened? Where did How this other third baby? one come from? Where did she come from? That Magically so dropped out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> again, very much not a part of any plan that I had. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I met this guy. We had a great time. Our relationship was really, really good. We had a lot of fun. Our kids, he has a, a, another daughter. She is six months older than the girls are. And they got along great. Everyone got along great. And, you know, things don't always work out the way that you, you again, you think that they should or you would like for them to. And still, you just, you just don't know. But right now, Dylan came along and she has an incredible dad. She has a wonderful sister and mm. she just loves so well. And yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. And she's 14. Months That's old. what happened. Is yeah, he still she, involved in kind of, do you stay in touch? Oh, Dylan's dad? Yeah. Do you stay? Oh, in- absolutely. Yeah, oh. absolutely. She is very much a daddy's girl. She, we all still hang out at times and it's yeah. just, it's good. It is. I'm thankful. I am so, so thankful that my girls have very involved, reliable dads. I am so thankful for that. Everybody shows up, everybody, you know, we, we get along as, and we have our, our things like everybody else does. But what matters most to me is that they absolutely have great relationships with their dads. So, yeah. 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 Not picture perfect, but yeah. And as a, as a kid, you know, with parents who are not together, it, Mm -hmm. that relationship, yes, it's important, but it is not all powerful in a child's Mm -hmm. life. Like it's Mm -hmm. not like, and, and everyone says kids are resilient and yeah, I believe that, but I think having each parent individually continue to Mm -hmm. show up for mm-hmm. you and be, be your dad and be your mom. It's like, I'm still your mom. I'm still your dad, you know? And right. or even when they like might have felt disenfranchised that they weren't as good of a mom or as good of a dad because mm. they got divorced and like, Oh, I failed you. You know, I just am so sorry that things didn't work out. It's like, I just need you to be my mom. Yeah. Like that sucks, but I need you to still be my dad. I think that goes back to idolizing our kids, you know, yeah. us feeling like if I am not showing up in a way that is 100% mm-hmm. 
right and are perfect or in my eyes, Mm -hmm. then I'm not worthy of, you know, being in your life. And it's just like, no, that is you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're not that awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like you no, no way. Yeah. And like, don't let that shame cause you to then just like almost bow out of it altogether. Cause that'd be like bigger loss is like, walking in shame and like, and, and just being like, well, I failed. And like, now I'm no good and I'm just worthless. And I think that's a real struggle. That is a real struggle. I think that we have as people, you know, we think that we messed up this much that, oh, you can't possibly love me now. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't possibly want me, want me now. And I, oh girl, I just, I want to say, I believe that when I, I absolutely believe as I've experienced this, oh my goodness, when you know that you are loved beyond anything you could possibly do, then you know that you're welcomed back. I messed up. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, I am, I mean, prodigal son, right? Like Mm -hmm. completely, I can't imagine how humiliated he was, Mm -hmm. how unworthy he felt. But I mean, when it came down to it, he knew that his father loved him. Yeah. And he knew that no matter what, you know, I I may go back with my head down, you know, mm-hmm. but even still that daddy lifted that little boy's head up and was like, no way, you're not going to come in here shameful. Yeah. You know, we all make mistakes. We all do hard things. I don't know if one day my girls are going to be upset with me for mm-hmm. what happened or I mean, from the divorce to not letting them do something, you know, who knows? Yeah. yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, I know that they love me and they know that I love them. And when you know that, it's hard to stay away because mm-hmm. you know that that love is going to fully accept you always. And it's like, can you trust God enough to be the perfect <laughs> father to them and to say, yeah. actually, I'm going to be the first one to admit, you're right, I did mess up. Mm-hmm. And I wish so much that. I could have given you a perfect childhood experience, but you know Mm -hmm. what? God didn't promise that I would be perfect, but he promised that he is. And he is a perfect perfect example. Yes. It's a perfect example. Yeah. 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 And and not to me as like your, your perfect parent and say, well, I did the best for you, honey. I did everything I could and I worked so hard and don't you love me? And don't you see everything that I sacrificed? Like, no, you're right. I could have done more. I should have done more. You know, there's always going to be some way that I fell short and I can actually be the first one to admit it and say, you're right. You know, but God is, mm-hmm. is the perfect parent, you know, and that's hard for us as parents. Cause like we, we all want to do our best and it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that's wrong to do what we think is best for our kids, but to recognize up front, like I've heard it said, um, disappoint early and often. Because, because it's guaranteed to happen. Like if you almost like right. set someone up for expe- expectations that you are going to like perform perfectly all of the time, mm-hmm. well, you can't maintain that, you know, none mm-hmm. of us can actually follow through with that. It's healthy, right? It's, it's healthy yeah. for us to disappoint our kids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and not saying we want to sin, but right, you know, right. the reality of like setting their expectations and pointing their eyes to the hope of not that your mom and dad stay together, not that 
you see, you know, have a perfect, you know, household or family experience or whatever it is that is kind of in our minds, like the idol that we've created, like, this right. is what I must do. And if For I don't sure. do this thing, I'm a failure. It's all gone. You're hopeless. Yeah. Everything's mm-hmm. broken. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, pointing I mean we've got to do that for our own hearts first and then to them you know it's like put the oxygen yeah. mask so you can do the same thing right for your kid and and show right. them a better hope than you right right um because I mean like you said we <laughs> we can absolutely do the whole cry fest of I did the best I could and we could absolutely absolutely we do the best we can yeah but that's not the end all be all, you know, like there is always going to be a mark that is missed. There's always Mm -hmm. going to be growth that needs to happen. Nobody is perfect. And I love that because it literally teaches us to depend on the Lord more for ourselves. And it teaches us to love more like him every single day every single day. Yeah. I just want to, I mean, I think that's like maybe a new hope that that I am starting to have as a mom, like a few years into motherhood. Mm -hmm. I think early on, I really hoped to never fail. And now I, (laughs) I've abandoned that altogether, but I think I've, I've maybe I'm starting to shift my hope to be able to actually point to my failures and say, look how God used this and look how Mm -hmm. despite my failure, he used me or Mm -hmm. he like, look how he bridged the gap. Look how, you know, I, I want to actually, instead of pretending like I'm not ever going to fail them and I'm just Mm -hmm. like this great, amazing super mom, I want to be able to say like, let me, let me laundry list. Let me show you why. Yeah. This is why you don't need to root your everything in me as your mom. (laughs) Like, you you establish your own relationship in Christ. You yeah. like Jesus is where you need to root your everything, not me. Like I'm going to do the best I can, but you know, at the end of the day, if you are looking for worthiness, if you are looking for acceptance, if you are looking for, you know, a place to land that is safe and soft every single time, mm-hmm. you look to Jesus yeah. because there's going to be a day I am frustrated with something outside of you. And you are going to need a safe place to land and a maybe a soft response. And I might not have that for you, but let's, in that moment, we're going to learn forgiveness. We're going to learn grace and right. I'm going to learn humility and I'm going to show you humility. I'm going to ask forgiveness and bam, there we are a perfect model of Christ in the church that in our home, every single day, we are modeling what this looks like, mm-hmm. you know, and one of our counselors, he said that we should be on our best behavior at home. And I was like, yeah, that, that makes, yeah, we should be. You know? <laughs> somehow, should somehow be. not how it usually plays out for me, but yeah. For most of us, right. you know, because when we come home, we want to exhale, you know, I can rest. I can, you know, I've clocked out of work, you know, whatever that, that work looks like I, that's done, you know, and yeah. pressure's but, off. Yeah. Pressure's off, you know, when we feel like we can just be ourselves, <laughs> but being ourselves are <laughs> the worst thing we could possibly do because right. we are so full of sin. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you know, that's where be I'm anything like, but doing. myself. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> not, yeah, no, not yeah, the, you know? the me that is being like made more like Jesus, not the me that is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. me and whatever I want. Girl, and I 
feel like when I look at, you know, my friends who they, oh my God, you know how you have those friends that are like model everything, you know, and, you know, it's just like me and they, and I know that we're all not, we're all imperfect. Right. So I, I get that. But when we model that patience in difficult times, Mm -hmm. when we model endurance and long suffering when we are frustrated or when, you know, we're not getting what we want, when that outcome, girl, oh my gosh, yesterday I was walking, I went for a walk and I was actually listening to one of your other podcasts, but mm-hmm. I came back and, you know, really, cause we all want to be good moms and, and that we want to be good people. I want to one day be an amazing wife. I want to be an amazing example of a mom who loves the Lord and a, a woman who trust in the Lord for my goals. Mm -hmm. And something the Lord dropped in my spirit yesterday was when we are frustrated at the lack of an outcome, when that is causing us to be anything but loving towards our children or anyone, regardless of what that action is, regardless of what that sin is or that offense or whatever, we need to take inventory and examine our own hearts. Because when we do not respond in love, in that First Corinthians 13, love, right? That patience, kindness, endurance, long-suffering, all of that, when we're anything but peaceful, we're wrong too. Mm-hmm. Even if our point is right, even if we are trying to do the right thing by teaching our children this or disciplining our children in yeah. a way, if we are not loving like Jesus, we are wrong. Yeah, You know, and that is such a conviction for me because when I I do really think of that principle of you should be on your best behavior at home you know my students I should not treat anyone better than I treat my kids you know we should not treat anyone better than we treat the people within the four walls of our home and I think that you know we get the worst of our we give the worst of ourselves at home a lot of times yeah Mm-hmm. We're tired, you know, we're hungry. We are, you know, we are dealing with all the things and it's easy. It's easy to be impatient and it's easy to not always respond in kindness because you're my sister or mm-hmm. you're my husband or, yeah. you know, I'm your mom. You'll forgive me. You understand. You da da da. And it's just like, mm. mm-hmm. that's true. It is the hardest place to be, <laughs> to, to give the best of yourself, but the most important probably. Yeah. Yeah. As we're wrapping up, what would your final like encouragement? Um, what would you say to that mom who is listening and is maybe back in a season where you, you were at one point, you know, in the marriage that feels like just the foundations are crumbling or in that spot of like, I haven't yet made a choice. Like you said earlier, you know, just make a choice and then move in that direction. Like, I don't know what my choice is going to be. And I'm still in that place of prayer and waiting and asking and, and also having to be a mom and having to show up every day for my kids and try and do the best that I can. What would you say to that woman? If you were just having coffee with her and listening to her story and wanting to speak true words of encouragement and hope to her. I would say, because when you're in that season, you don't feel seen, you don't feel worthy. You don't feel like you are enough. You don't feel like what you're doing is enough. Mm -hmm. I would just say the Lord sees you. Mm -hmm. He sees you and he sees your desires and he sees your hope. He sees your hopelessness. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He sees your brokenness and he is there right there with you. And he is definitely trustworthy. He is walking that out 
with you and he truly has gone before you and he is working things together for your good. And that it's hard. I don't, <laughs> now I'm tearing up because I'm trying to think of what I would, what I needed yeah. at that time. And at that time, I just, all I needed was the Lord. Yeah. That's it. You know, and I was looking for all of this advice. I was like pulling at anything that would make me feel steady and secure and safe and loved. And the only thing, the only way you're going to get that is if you root and you abide in Jesus. Like that is it. But also that just make your choice, you know, whether you are, you're feeling led to stay and to endure. Either way is going to be hard. I told that to one of my friends. Either way, whether you decide to stay, whether you decide to leave, whatever you do, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a quote that says, "Whatever, wherever you choose to be, be all there, mm-hmm. right? So if you choose to stay, you stay as that committed and that devoted wife and you do all the things that the Lord is calling you to do as that wife. You love that husband. You love your kids. You love your home. And you, you be there, you know, and you endure. And we should give the disclaimer. We didn't say up front, you know, this is, this is not like, we're not professional (laughs) counselors. So we're not, you know, not at all. Please don't make your, please don't make your decision based on this episode that you're listening to. On what we say. Please please don't. You've mentioned, (laughs) you've seen lots of counselors. Um, you have people in your life, you have your local church community. Yes, um, yes, yes. And this is also precluding the involvement of any abuse and um, and physical or emotional and verbal abuse, any of that. (laughs) I just like, let's, you know, I I think people know that when podcasts are going through someone's story, but I just like, it is just my story, my experience, what I have gone through and right again, what I would tell myself, yeah, what I would say to myself, if you are choosing to be there, you be there 100%. You root yourself in something else, mm-hmm. right? You establish yourself in the Lord, but you, you be there. And what I would tell myself as that young wife, how old was I? I don't even know how old I was. Uh, maybe 32. Cause I'm 36 now. That was about five years ago. I can't count. Is that right? 31, 32. Um, <laughs> you need to whip out a calculator real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as as that young wife and a young, a really young mom, mm-hmm. you just do the best that you can, and not the best. Like you're not really trying hard, and you are allowing your dysfunction to kind of like sit a little bit, and you're like, I'm doing my best, but literally, like you do your absolute best to again establish yourself in the Lord. And I went to counseling. I think for a year, uh, how months after I left. And then I, I came back to counseling after I stopped because there is, there's so much brokenness that needs healing and there's so much guidance that is needed and it's not easy. And you don't have to go through that by yourself. And God is faithful. He is faithful. Girl, like the Lord is faithful. Whatever you choose to do, he is right there with you. He's a redeemer. He's a restorer mm-hmm. and you are going to be just fine. Yeah. I made me think of the verse. I think it's Leviticus. He will restore the years that the locusts have stolen. Oh, and girl. Yes, he will. And you know what? <laughs> oh my, I love how, I love how all of this is coming together. I was reading Job a few days ago and you know, it reads like 
you know, Job went through all of his things. We don't know how long that was, but the Lord like took so many things from him, everything from him. At one point, whatever that point was, the Lord decided, okay, this was, this, this was the day I'm going to restore everything back to you. Mm -hmm. And that restoration did not happen in one day. It was over the course of at least 10 years because Job had 10 more kids. Mm -hmm. He had 10 kids. So that was at least, at least 10 years, assuming those kids came back to back. We don't know, but right. Right. You know, knowing how pregnancy works, you know, and it is beautiful because you literally don't know where the Lord is beginning that restoration. We don't know. Right. And it is just trusting the Lord that every single step you make, the Lord has been here. The Lord has been here. Mm -hmm. And because he is here, because he is working things out for my good, because he has given me beauty for ashes, because he never leaves me, because he loves me, Mm -hmm. restoration. He, he promised that. Yeah. He promised it. He promised to restore. He promised he is a healer. That is what he does. And he is a man of his word. And he does not lie. He that does, is right. He cannot lie. And so, yes. yeah, it's, it's like not just his word, but his actions. Like we were saying yes. earlier, just pointing back again, what has he already done? Yeah. Yes. Keep praying those prayers. And, I'm, and it's not that God doesn't answer prayer or can't heal, can't restore. I certainly have seen and interviewed and, and talked to many women who he has. And that's beautiful. You know, that's once Cheryl Scruggs was divorced for seven years and then got remarried to her husband who she had had an affair on. And yeah. you know, that episode is, is on. I have to go back and listen to that. I mean, so it's, yeah. And again, it's like, God is the author. He is writing the stories mm-hmm. and he knows how your story is going to end. And like you we said, either yeah. way is going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. path is easy, but Not, no we path can is look easy. back and we can see that he has remained faithful to his people. Yes. And, and we're not trusting him for an outcome. That's yeah. not our job to know what is down. <laughs> That's not our job. <laughs> we don't need to know what's down the road in order to trust him mm-hmm. every single moment. Like, oh my gosh. It, it is. Yeah. <sighs> girl, it is amazing. It is beautiful. It is, I mean, just me being here, believing that is redemptive within itself. Right. You know, and. In fact, you can even speak those words. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, my two little crazies over here, my twins who are, are just, they are living, breathing, walking in my home examples of God's faithfulness mm. of when doctors and circumstances and biology is saying, eh, this is not going to happen. Like the doc, I had, gosh, what was it? Less than, I know for sure 5%. I want to say the number was between like three and maybe one, but I know for sure it was less than 5% of getting pregnant on my own. And I have three, you know, wow. like with the twins, they're fraternal. I literally got pregnant twice in one month. What? Oh my gosh. You know what I'm saying? Like fraternal twins are two separate eggs. Two separate okay. spermies, right? Two set, you know, right. at the same time. That's Holy crazy. smokes, you know, yeah. you yeah. know. And what can't God do? Mm-hmm. What yeah. can't He do? So it is just. We know the days are going to be full of trouble. We know that, but we also know that we serve a God who has overcome this world and who, I mean, is all the things that we've said He is and more. So, mm. I don't know of a better way to end this conversation than that. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> 
Man, Elena, thank you so much for just opening up and sharing your heart and your story with listeners. I know there will be countless women who I never hear from who cried through this episode, who (laughs) created this episode episode, and thanked God for just your vulnerability and honesty and and talking about where you are at and what you've been through and point people to the hope that wherever it is that they are, Jesus has been there too. Absolutely. And thank you so much. Yeah. Um, Where can people find you and stay connected with you and maybe reach out if they want to chat more? So I am absolutely on Instagram at amaze, A-M-A-Y-E-S. And I have a blog, unashamedgrowth.com. And my email is unashamedgrowth at gmail.com. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you again for chatting today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I know that was a little bit of a long one, but I hope that you feel it was worth your time to hear that beautiful story of how God is a redeeming God. I loved everything that Alina had to share with us. I'm so grateful for people like her who are brave enough to tell their story. Even though none of our stories are perfect or wrapped up neatly with a bow, Um, I think there's just so much goodness and truth that can come from being honest about where we've been and where we are and how God is with us in it, regardless of what those circumstances look like. So until next Monday, come find me on Instagram and say hello. It's hayleywilliams.kindled. You can get show notes for this episode at kindledpodcast.com. And lastly, if you are a regular listener and have benefited from this show in any way, would you do me a favor and leave a review for the podcast? You can do that at the Apple Podcast app on your phone, but it just helps other women who need to hear the truth and hope of the gospel. Find this podcast amongst the thousands of thousands of podcasts there are. Your review really helps Kindle get found. So thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. And I will talk to you next week.